on the, on the show. Maybe not best guest, but best beer. <laughs> I don't know. Best guest, you might take it as well. Again, the war wages on. It's all up to the listeners. So we are in. Download, download, download. <laughs> 69, 69, 69. <laughs> Welcome back to the Jojatorium. Remember too, whenever uh, it was, we found the the German Scheiser porn. Well, that's not a lot of each other. You're in twerk classes over there. That's yeah, what, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the fitness class. Working on them TikTok videos you like so much. Dead face. Got <laughs> <laughs> right in front of you. Welcome back to Joe's Tour. You know who it is. It's Adam. It's Matt. We're decaying with the boys. And happy Father's Day to Vince McMahon. The dirt sheets of the craft beer scene, breweries in PA, bring you the best news in the PA brewery scene. With updates on the best upcoming breweries, incredible festivals, and interviews with the likes of Chris O'Keefe, Ben Yagel, and Albert Kaminsky, and so many more. Get with the best beer community in PA by giving Breweries in PA on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter a follow by checking out at breweries in PA. Just make sure that you tell them that the boys sent you. So, Adam, we are back in the Jojitorium. I'm happy to be here, and I'm happy too. I brought guests. You did. I did. Two weeks in a row, Matt. You're doing good. I'm hitting on all cylinders, and these guests are fabulous. So we, we want to get right into it. The sensational tag team duo of homebrewing greatness, Katrina and Mike of Fifth Season Brewing. Hi, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us out here. Oh, I'm so happy you guys came on. I have been uh, so lucky that you guys keep giving beer to Adam so I can try them. Uh, so I am, I'm just excited to have you guys here. But I do want to remind the both of you, the war wage is on. Okay? Anytime we get a guest on here, you are going up against the likes of Mike Moore, the Pittsburgh beer douche. <laughs> Justin Goodfellow, head brewer of Yellow Bridge. Hello, Brutiful. And even the dashardly David Howard Thornton, who plays Art the Clown in the Terrifier series. And as of this week, Ben Steffen twice. Yeah, Ben <laughs> Steffen <laughs> twice. Got some big shoes to fill. You do. Not so much Phil. Vanquish. Vanquish. There's two of us. Better the chances. Absolutely. True. So for those who are just joining us for the first time, all of our guests are pitted against each other. And the best guest with the highest download rate is going to win the title at our end of the year uh, celebration when we uh, toss out the Maddie Awards. That's what Adam liked to call it. Yeah, it's going to be the worst award show ever. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, so I'm excited to have you guys on. Let's see if you can kick the show out of the Pittsburgh beer douche. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Yeah, given our episode number, we should have a lot of downloads. Yeah. Yeah. What episode are we on? 69, baby. 69. The sexiest episode there is. <laughs> so sexy. That's overrated position. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into anything, uh, fifth season brewing, why don't you tell everybody where they can find your stuff? Um, so we can. Are, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram. That's our biggest prevalence. Um, we also do have a Facebook. There's like just started. There's okay. not much on there yet, but our big thing is our fifth season at Instagram. It is five th fifth yes. season. Yes, because if you type in fifth season, you're taking to you're taken to a, a farm that makes other stuff. Yeah, we made beer. we made that mistake uh, early on when we uh, came up with the name. It's kind of one of those things. that's <laughs> like, oh, well, we should have probably thought about it ahead of time about the five and the. F-I-V-E. Yeah. So, again, 
5th Season Brewing on Instagram and on Facebook. So you can check out the incredible brews that are coming out of this duo. So we are in round one. It is my understanding that 5th Season, y'all brought some beers. Put that all together. Call it round one beers. What do we got? All right. So uh, we just uh, brewed up a um, basically Mexican, uh, a Mexican lager. With uh, and we used uh, Oaxacan green corn from Sugar Creek Malt that's out in uh, Indiana. So it's craft malt. Spent way too much on corn, and uh, we're gonna crack this open. Serve this with a couple of limes. Awesome. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. So Matt, you haven't seen this cool these cool cans. They no. Have. Yep. I brought you bottles from them. Yeah, this is awesome. Check those out. Pour these yeah. guys out for you. I on anything. So the cans are like, I don't know if anybody drank the gigantic monsters back in their college days, but it's a, a similar twist off to that. So it's a nice sealed cap. Yeah, it's, uh, it definitely reminds me of my times getting lost in the summer heat on a skateboard. For and then sure. when they're empty, you can fill them with tear gas. Yeah. <laughs> you could bring them to all the riots. <laughs> yeah, so these are twisty cans. They're out of out of Colorado, but I think Crowler Nation sells them now. Cool. So they're uh, I know they've been pretty good with us. We don't have a canner or anything like that. So this is kind of how we uh, kind of distribute the beer out to whoever it's like a wants nice it. Nice workaround. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you see, um, major breweries like I know Spoonwood Mondays they use twisty cans as yeah, well. Yeah. 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 For sure. And I see the QR code on the side here. Brings you to our Instagram. So what I'm going to do is right here on the camera, and it'll be blown up right here with the QR code will go across the screen, and people can actually take a quick shot of that on on the YouTube and go right to you guys. Awesome. Perfect. All right. Yeah, I've been been developing a website for Bash Brew for about two years now, and it still hasn't launched. And so their website is their website's really nice. You're on your way. Yeah, you're on your way. I I bought a domain name, so I'm just wasting money on it. We haven't even done that yet. We probably should get on that. Yeah, no, no website for us. Just, just the Insta. Oh, so that takes you to the Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, 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 it just goes right to the Instagram. So I actually haven't tried this yet. Oh yeah, that's right. This is Katrina's first, uh, first Baja bound Mexican lager. This is really good. I like I like Mexican lagers a lot. I'm gonna let you talk about it here in one second, but I just gotta say. This is easily taken over my top Mexican lager. It's super smooth. The lime plays so well. Nice and clean. You guys outdid yourselves with this one. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, that finish is really nice. Yeah, super clean. Everything you said. Yeah. Yeah. Great finish on that. Yeah. yeah so just, just a crusher. Yeah, man. And you said and what did you say you uh the main in this was? Uh so it's it's basically uh you know, two ropel malt and uh, okay. Oaxacan green corn nice. uh, from uh, Sugar Creek Malt. They're out in Indiana, so they're a craft maltster. Uh, they do some great stuff. I've used them a couple times now. Uh, not cheap, not okay. cheap, not gonna lie, but um, but yeah, definitely worth the product. Green corn adds like a little bit of that earthiness. It's a little different than yeah. the regular, you know, yellow corn you throw in normally. Yeah, I was gonna so, say it's not as sweet as yeah. like some traditional. Corn yeah, beer. I'm really, like I'm really enjoying. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, and that's the major difference here when you get uh, like a crispy lager in, in comparison to this is you're going to get more of the clean finish. Yeah. It almost comes off more German. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is, uh, what is it? We used um, Imperial Urkel in this one. Nice. <laughs> so, nice, man. Yeah. I think I'm going to learn a lot today. Yeah. Lot, <laughs> lots of words I have not heard before. Geek out on homebrewing. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's one. And that's why I love interviewing homebrewers because you guys get to be super experimental. And I, I honestly believe that some of the bigger breweries uh, take notes from you guys because you guys are testing things out that they wish they could do. But here you guys are 
slamming it. Yeah, you don't you don't have that. You know, when you when you're on the brewery scene and you got your brewery and you uh, you know you got your budget to think about and you can't really take those risks. And you know, when you're just brewing a five gallon batch at home, you, you know, if it's terrible, you just dump it. You know, your yeah. your your investment in time and money and capital is not really that much. You're allowed to be a little more experimental. Um, you know, in your in your process. So, yeah. and we've definitely done that. Yeah, and it's definitely a two-way street because oh, at least yeah. I go in there and ask the big brewers, yeah. the pro brewers, some questions. <laughs> Our questions are mm. on the more creative, the, like a lot of questions I'm throwing to them are like, oh yeah, systematic questions or science questions, and then they throw us the experimental questions. So I always, yeah. I usually get asked by big Bro about adjuncts. They're always yeah. so impressed by our adjuncts, and yeah. again, because of profitability we get to play a whole lot more than they do. Right. Or right. you use a whole lot more, you yeah. know, in something that where a bigger brewery just gets stuck because it's like, we can't spend that much. Right. We can't spend that much on coffee. Yeah. You <laughs> exactly. But you should. It's so delicious. So I need to get to know you guys more. So while we sip on this wonderful Mexican lager, I have to know you guys have some incredible, incredible accomplishments between the two of you. Uh, and we're going to get back to that. Our, but I got to know, Craft beer isn't something that you just happen upon. It's something that you, you have a moment or a beer or something. So what what was it for each of you that got you into craft beer? My shorter story, I probably go so first. Um, I actually was not a beer drinker at all. I was, you know, that typical college air yeah. beer gross. Um, and then I met Mike. Um, ugh, gross. Um, I met Mike, and yeah, he's you. like you haven't had good beer. Um, we were working together. We went to happy hour and he's like, you should try like a porter. You should try a stout. And I drank it for the first time. And I was like, this doesn't taste like piss. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that kind of, that was my first beer kind of mm -hmm. experience that was really enjoyable. And then, um, he was having a party and he was doing his homebrew thing and, uh, went over to his party and was drinking from his tap. And I was like, again, very surprised that like, beer doesn't have to taste bad and that was right. kind of my entry level to craft beer um from there i was trying to get as much of it as i could and then going into the home brewing thing um so i obviously knew mike for a while um and then sort of i guess um there was a point where it was my 30th birthday and i was like hey can you guys it was him and together another guy brewing for a while and i said do you guys want to brew a beer for my 30th birthday and they're like uh, no, you're going to come over and brew it with us. And I said, awesome, I'd love to do that. So I guess that was my official first brew. Um, but years later, um, um, it came down to, uh, I was a COVID brewer. Okay. So COVID happened and sitting around looking at each other. And I said, I could do that. Yeah. So I basically learned under Mike how to do everything. Um, so my first official brew was 2020, March of 2020. So, yeah. Awesome. And you've had the itch ever since. And I didn't stop. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Wonderful. Mike? Uh, I've, I've been into craft beer for probably a long time. I, I'm probably one of the only people who spent their 21st birthday at, like, a craft beer bar doing, like, flights. Yep. You know, and that's awesome. that's years ago. In New York City, I don't even think the bar exists anymore. But um, I've always been kind of a foodie. So I've always been open to kind of trying and looking for something different. Um, so I guess we kind of really started out, at, you know, a group of friends, you know, college age. And, you know, we throw parties at the house playing beer pong. And, you know, you're going to go out and buy the cheap, cheap stuff for everybody else to drink. Of course. But, but every, you know, party we threw or every time 
we were hanging out, we'd always pick up something special, something different for us, just to kind of have that, you know, that beer in hand while yeah, you're doing yeah. other other stuff. So it, it was always that, and you know, being from, you know, originally from New Jersey, you know, and, and we're, we're talking, oh, geez, what, almost, oh, God, I'm dating myself 15, 20 years ago at this point. Uh, you know, the craft beer scene wasn't that big, so... You know, we were getting Brooklyn Lager, you know, Sierra Nevada, then Dogfish started showing up. So it would be something, whatever we could find, you know, I guess those big regional breweries now was the craft beer scene back then. And then, you know, as the smaller breweries open up, you just get deeper and deeper into it. And that's that's pretty much the story. Um, I spent some time in uh, Colorado in 2010 into 11, and then spending that time out there, you know, the craft beer scene out there was like light years ahead of oh, yeah. what New Jersey was at the time. So then that year out there, going to all the different breweries around Colorado, you know, going going out to uh, New Belgium and, and all those breweries out there, and, you know, then you come back for the love for it. Yeah. And that's, that, that really kicked off the home brewing thing. Yeah. So... So with all that, all that experience going out and seeing uh, some of the brew meccas, early brew meccas of America, uh, you guys started making your progress uh, with that information in homebrewing. So together, what was the first successful beer you made together? Oh, together. Okay, um, that must have been oh, probably during COVID, right? We were brewing. Um, so you know, the whole idea of fifth season is kind of, I guess, I guess our mission statement is to kind of brew those. You know, lagers and ales that are that are seasonal. You know that yeah. that are very approachable to everybody else. So uh, I guess it, it had to be right around that March time frame, right? That um, brewing up uh, Irish stout. Yeah. So I think with um, like I, Mike said, he's been brewing for ten years. So a lot of his recipes have already been established. So. I think successfully together um, probably was one of his older recipes that, you know, he entrusted in allowing yeah. me to take a bigger part in. Um, when I first started, obviously, I was more of like the seller bitch. <laughs> I'm still the seller bitch. It's totally fine. It's much needed. For, 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 no, much for needed. life. <laughs> life, baby. So, they called me a sellerman before. It felt really good. And then they told me why I wasn't really a seller. <laughs> Shit, shit's got to get clean. It does. You know, it's not going to clean itself. Seller bitches for life. Seller bitches. Yeah. So um, during that process, I, he was very big on, like, making sure that I knew why I was doing everything. Right. Um, so, so he wouldn't trust me in some of his better recipes. So I guess our more successful recipe, our first successful recipe probably, yeah, probably the Irish Stout, which would have been March, or probably cool. more towards the fall when we started doing, like, the Oktoberfests. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So then talking about your duties in the brew space, so – it, let's just say it's a typical brew day for you guys. Let's start with you, Katrina. What what are your main responsibilities on a brew day? So I think it depends on whose recipe it is or okay. whose like baby it is. Um, if it's something that one of us is more ambitious or more driven for, if it's like my idea, I'll take the forefront. I'm the one who's starting the mash, taking out the water chemistry. Like it just, it's my brew day and he's kind of there to help or it's flipped uh, where if it's his kind of thing, it's his baby. I'll be there more of as the assistant. So it kind of depends from beer to beer. Okay, cool. Otherwise it's kind of 50, 50. Yeah. Nice. We brew on our own sometimes too. Oh, know? that's really oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We don't always brew together. Sometimes, you know, shit's got to get done. So, right. you know, you got to get whoever's around at that day. Hey, you're brewing this. Here's, you know, here's the notes. <laughs> Go do it. That's gotta be pretty cool though, to know that you have, partner that you can trust no matter what like hey here's my recipe you know we gotta do this let's knock it out i gotta go to work it's terrifying because i'm not there (laughs) (laughs) i can already feel the heat coming off of adam thinking about yeah leaving you i I trust my wife the anxiety (laughs) no i 
I set myself on fire once. Uh, oh my god, you too? Yeah, I did that. <laughs> I did that one time. Yeah, uh, Adam was Adam was trying to get me acclimated to do more stuff, and I cranked up the. The, the he, gas. He, yeah, he lit my banjo burner like it was a gas grill. Yeah, I like, dude, yeah, I just lost all the all the hair on my uh, arm. I leaned over an old stove once and caught my shirt on fire. <laughs> That's my so my horror alone. story. No, no. Uh, if you haven't lit yourself on fire, you're yeah, not doing it right. You're not brewing. You're not brewing. Bunch of I fire can say I've never lit myself <laughs> yeah. on fire. Well, well, fire marshal Bill coming through here. <laughs> I melted my hand once, so I guess I'm in that club too. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely electrocuted my finger on the pump before. Like, oh yeah, uh, that's fun. That's just yeah. coffee. It's like yeah. ooh, yeah. that just gets you going again. Uh, so the artwork on your cans uh, are always really cool, and it tells the story of the beer itself. Who? So who is responsible for the artwork of of your cans and bottles? That's Mike. Uh, Mike is the one with the creative designs, and he does all of that. So you can talk about that. Wonderful. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, like you said, uh, I guess going back a long time, uh, you know, you, you drink with your eyes, right? That's always been kind of a philosophy behind a lot of the, a lot of my brewing or our brewing, uh, now. And, um, and it starts with the kind of can art. Um, now I'm not at, at, you know, putting it together. I have no background in, in any kind of label production or graphic design or anything like that. So it's actually kind of funny if I, if I go down the rabbit hole of making these, uh, I basically steal free art off the internet yeah. and then piece it together using free programs and like Microsoft paint to, to, and, and Microsoft word to throw together <laughs> the, these cans because, um, I have never bought a graphic design program. And so, yeah, so I scour the internet to, until I find something that like pops and then i basically use the freest programs possible to kind of piece them together and put together something that tells you know a story it's like that paint program it used as like a kid yeah paint.net yeah. and then microsoft <laughs> yeah. paint and microsoft word and that's about it i am i am even more impressed when people can do that because it, it takes a certain kind of mind to say okay i build it here and i don't have to take it here to fine-tune it to get to where i need it to be so some someone look at it and be like, "That's a hodgepodge way of doing it." I'm looking at that, going, "Hey, that takes that takes as much skill, if not more, than if you just had like an iPad Pro and you were drawing it out yourself." Everyone that has art on the internet right now is going put watermarks on them right now. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, what's, what's, the next, what's the next beer he's brewing? He's going to be hunting down something stupid. I'm gonna tell you right now, internet. <laughs> I'm coming out there and I'm stealing shit for the next DWTB. I'm gonna steal it. <laughs> Watermark it. <laughs> And for the la <laughs> the labels themselves, um, we found a nice, a real nice trick. So originally we were like buying labels through, like we he would upload the design into like a sticker program and yeah. buy the stickers, and they are incredibly Too expensive. expensive. Yeah. So tip to all those home brewers, um, staples. Staples. We bring yeah. them down to staples. We buy some Avery waterproof shipping labels. Oh, bring them cool. down to staples. They'll print them. So like this label costs about five cents wow pro yep. tip wow yeah yep. that's incredible print from staples yeah there you go homebrewers pro tip you want to look for i mean these these look i would get this at look at that that's i didn't get a good look at it yeah <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah it's i would get that off the shelf at uh at the beverage shop I go to, for sure. It's fun when I, or we bring them somewhere and I'll put it down and they're like, oh, where's this from? I'm like, oh, it's mine. And they're like, holy. Yeah. I don't say shit. Right. <laughs> like, you can say whatever the hell you want on this podcast. Yeah. So like, it uh, it feels good when somebody sees it and they don't realize it's a homebrew. Yeah. So that wants me to get a little nerdy with you guys. So equipment is 
is the thing that homebrewers and even podcasters, we live and die by it. Uh, so right now, how big is, is your current output? If you, if you had a, a single brew day, how much are you guys putting out in a single brew? Uh, we do a five gallon anvil system. Okay. So five right, gallons right. at a time. Okay. Yeah. And then we do some, uh, we have another pot. We have an anvil pot that we do some stove batches. So we can, uh, so on those stove batches, uh, we can do like two and a half gallons. Oh, so, so we switch it back and forth. A lot of the experimental stuff or stuff that might turn out terrible. I'll run through the uh, two and a half gallon batch first and uh, see how it comes out. It's an easy way to play with adjuncts and things like that without cool. committing to a full five gallons. Nice. So. And then uh, we've been cranking out recently some kind of, I guess you would call them like uh, short and shoddy batches uh, to steal some brewlosophy terms uh, on the uh, stovetop. We're just doing like a 30-minute mash, 30-minute boil, throwing stuff together, real quick brew day. And it's really easy on the stove, getting the temperature up and getting the boil done and that kind of stuff. Wonderful. That's great. Uh, so I'm, I'm hearing Anvil is, is, is like your go-to company. Yep. Is, is that what you – I mean, you've seen a lot of success from that? Yeah, I mean, so far, I mean, we've, we've had some decent success with the Anvil stuff. I mean, it's not – for the price point, it's it's – you know, it's decent stuff. You know, you're getting stainless steel stuff. You're getting equipment that works. Is it the top of the line stuff? Absolutely not. But does it make great beer? I think so. Clearly. You know? Clearly it does. I mean, like, again, go back to this Mexican lager. It, it hits. It's really good. Uh, so – in your current setup, what is uh, what's the one piece of equipment that you can, simply cannot brew without? So it sounds tacky, but like the anvil system. So yeah. like obviously you can't brew beer without your system, but like I've only ever brewed on the all-in-one systems. Okay. Um, I've never done a three-vessel system, and I don't think I would ever enjoy it. I the ease of having everything in one spot it's electric you plug it in there's no flames there's there's a dial and it's just easy and you mash in the same one you boil in the same one and it's you could ferment in the same one we don't yeah. but i could not brew it any other way no we kettle sour in it that's close you enough kettle sour right? in it. Yeah. yeah yeah it is nice yeah. um for me i guess it's probably the chest freezer it's all yeah. about for me all about temperature control and being able to just crash something out and letting it ride at a cold temperature so i, I see I why adam likes freezer. you so much yeah. That that's yeah. <laughs> that that's the internal battle I always have to hear about is me bitching about my temperature. The temperature, yeah. everything is temperature. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Is. Well, and it's just there's a hot side and a cold side in yep. the brewery. Yeah. Like they, they each take their functions. I even like I love a, a brew day. It's very relaxing to me. But fermentation is my favorite part to like play yeah. with. Like I love the science behind the it yeah. what the temperature does yeah. Yeah. when you see that yeast starting to yeah. ferment oh, i'm getting some bubbles we had some bubbles today so we got some beers fermenting. oh yeah it's uh we, he likes to take videos and of, send them to you and then yeah. you're like you're a child look at this <laughs> yeah i'm not nice <laughs> i'm, I'm nicer than nice. i made this <laughs> send them our way well we'll geek out with your bubbles <laughs> so if you guys right now could throw any amount of money at anything to get a piece of equipment you had your eye on what would it be a canner yeah, okay. the canner. Yeah, just just uh, it's something I always wanted to get into. It's probably going to be a nightmare getting the thing all set up and uh, <laughs> getting filling cans the proper way, and it's just going to be another one of those things you have to master. Yeah. But yeah, definitely a canner. They're expensive. Cans yes. are expensive, but um, yeah, honestly, these the I mean, these aren't cheap either. So, uh, but but you know, they're they're functional minus spending the money on the canner itself. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, definitely the canner. Yeah, yeah. we also just bought a house and the reason we bought a house the part of the reasons that we were looking for a house is to build a tap room so oh cool i mean that would be yeah 
you want to give me any sort of money? Like, yeah, that's the first thing I'm going to put it into because it gets real expensive to build those taps up. Yes, absolutely. I, I think it's it's always awesome to hear how homebrewers are, are thinking of the next the next big step, especially, and you guys are both on that same level. Like, you're thinking of a tap room and you're thinking of cans. You're thinking of distribution. You're thinking in-house mm-hmm. sales. It's so cool to hear that, and, and, I, and I hope that that's in the very near future for you too because, again, your beer, I've had – think three different kinds of beer from you now three and each one has been a knockout Thank so you. nice yeah thanks more people need it and i think if you guys can accomplish one of these two goals in the near future it's going to benefit craft yeah, i think beer. we finally brought you something that's not a sour which it's like oh god we got to bring fine. something that's not a sour you're going to think that's me. all we could do you could bring this thick daddy all the sours you <laughs> want and i will chug them i love them uh so is there any thing that you see brewers out there using equipment wise you think is just completely fucking overrated um stuff that uh well i would still love to spend the money on it but all, all kind of the ss brutech and all those high-end fermenters i mean you they're great they're easy but you don't i don't i, I think you could brew great beer uh at a lesser price point hence what we're doing right now um so i see people buying i think they spend a lot of money on more aesthetics because they look like Actual fermentation, yeah, they're pretty, they're shiny, and they look like actual fermentation vessels that are in a, a big brew house. But on yeah. the homebrew level, you're not dealing with that kind of scale, so you don't necessarily need that right, full right. conical fermenter that has all the bells and whistles and the you know tri clamps and all all that kind of stuff. Um, you don't need it. So, yeah. and I think when you have somebody who's maybe even thinking about going into homebrewing for the first time, and they see some of these guys who've been invested, and they and they don't realize that they spent 10 years investing into these products yeah. or they, yeah. or maybe they just have expendable income. Um, and like home brewers out there, anybody interested, you need a pot on a stove. Pro, like, yeah. Pro tip to brew two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need a pot on a stove. If you just want to start dabbling and figuring it out, you don't need this crazy expensive equipment. Yeah. And you can ferment in a plastic bucket. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it makes some amazing bucks, beer. Yeah. And honestly, smaller batches are just easier to manage. Yeah. They, they, it's just easier to manage something on the stove that you're, you're working with, with your hands. It's like a pot of salt, like grandma with her pot of sauce, easy, easy to manage on the stove and you can, and it's easier to manage the temperature. It's easier to manage the fermentation. It's easier to manage every aspect of that small amount of beer and you're going to, you're going to make a better beer in the long run. So it's easier to start small and work your way up. We met that girl and again, more ladies in homebrew, please. Uh, we met this, uh, girl, female, um, lady, lady, this woman, (laughs) (laughs) um, she had just started and she was doing one gallon batches on the stove and it was, and it was yielding anywhere between six and nine bottles. So like a very small, very small system. That's one bad night. (laughs) (laughs) So the vessels that you guys work out of, you have taken home some really awesome accolades. I'm going to run through them here and you can, Add on or tell me I'm wrong. Uh, golden Wheat and Silver and Sour of the Scuba Homebrew of 2020. First place for uh, Drown the Shamrock. Third place for Lucky Season at the Garden Homebrew Competition. Bronze at the New Jersey State Fair Homebrew Competition 2021. First place in the Bolero Brewing Homebrew Competition 2021. And first in Euro Sours and second best of show in the Trash Competition that just happened here in 2022. Yeah, I gave you that last one. <laughs> <laughs> Did I miss any? 
Uh, yeah, all the failures. Oh, oh, everything that didn't win a medal, you missed, uh, which would be a way longer list than that. So that's that's what I always tell, like uh, like homebrewers starting out. It's like don't get discouraged. You know, you got to just keep chugging along and pumping things out and getting the feedback and making tweaks to your recipes. So uh, you know, it took a long time to get to that point to start winning medals. Yeah, um, definitely took a long time to get to that point. Um, but we really didn't. I really didn't start. We were we didn't really start competing until about 2020. Prior to that, actually, yeah, about 2019, 2020. Uh, even though I was brewing all the way back in 2010, 2011, um, I was I, I felt like I made a change there at some point, and it yeah. was probably my competitive instinct kicking in or my competitiveness oh, yeah. kicking in. So prior to that, I kind of felt like I was kind of a chef, and I was brewing with a buddy of mine um, back in New Jersey. You know, a friend from uh, a friend from basically like elementary school when we were brewing together. And he eventually lost interest in it, but. Um, but yeah, we were kind of like chefs, just kind of throwing something together on the yeah. stove, winging it. Um, I think her birthday beer one time. What was the story with your birthday beer? We were supposed to put a certain amount of honey in it. Oh yeah, so it was supposed to be you know thirtieth birthday, and they called it basic bitch, and it was gonna be it was <laughs> yeah. a, a, the can art Yeah, uh, it was a it was a honey blonde, and again I was gonna go over there and help brew it. And I think the original was like half of the container. I don't remember what the the actual measurements were, but it was like half a container. But you know like. What the hell? What the yeah, whole thing? Adam so we knows. went from like a five percent beer to like an eight percent beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My, just that easy. My yeah, it's birthday's just, in yep. my birthday's in July. It was like a ninety degree day. It was like oh, yeah, everybody I'm, was shit fit. We I'm went like, through. We went through the rest of it in there. We went through <laughs> ten gallons of it. Yeah, it was great. But I, I but but now you know going into competition brewing, it, then it needs to turn from being this like creative i could do whatever i want wing it to now you're like a scientist and now everything has to be precise and and to the t you know and and that gets a little old after a while too so it's like it what kind of brewer do you want to be and so we like to dabble in both Good. so there's a bunch of batches that like i'm like ah like when i do stuff on the stove i'm like i don't care who cares and there was a competition not that we won um but actually my very first brew was a competition beer um, it was at a, uh, back at home and there was a, they decided to do like a March Madness bracket style oh, cool. because it was 2020 yeah. and there was no March Madness that year. Um, so they took submissions for Breer and they took, was it 32, 64? What's a bracket? Uh, I think they did 32. 30, they did 32, 32 for that, I think. Um, and again, little, little kudos to me is, uh, I was the only female chosen to participate and, uh, I got all the way what, to the final eight. And I lost against the winner. So in bracket style, it was nice. uh, yeah. okay. so didn't win that one. But still, I like to say, like my first brew, I got to, I got pretty far. So yes. Yeah. So let's let's briefly touch on the uh, you had a collab with Bolero that led to the wonderful where the watermelons grow sour. We had it on our podcast a couple episodes ago. Absolute knockout. So if you guys could just real quick touch on how was that collaborative process in, like in comparison to what you guys are doing on the stovetop shout out to stone stone was wonderful stone is their head brewer there and uh he made the whole experience everybody at blaro made a yeah they were great great people to work with they really wanted to take our beer and make it as close to the homebrew process as possible um recipe as possible and they were all about trying to get as close to the ingredients they wanted to make sure that we came in and had the greatest experience they did not try to push us one way or the other way they let us have what we wanted with can art they were 
it was about us, which is That's really cool. nice. Yeah, they did a great job out there, and that yeah. And well, one thing it, it's funny on Brew Day, and Adam, you probably know because you've brewed on a couple different systems, but like when you're brewing, so we we brewed uh, thirty barrels of this on this like basically Jesus. million huge. dollar system huge. in this giant huge. facility, like huge. And I'm not gonna lie, it's kind of boring because all you do is go in and just press a bunch of buttons. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I would love that. It would be amazing <laughs> to go in and just press a few buttons, and it pretty much just happens. And uh, that I was actually ran into a couple little a little problem too because uh, since it is such a big system and it was such a light small grain bill, we actually like I forget exactly what the issue was. I wasn't quite understanding because again, big brew and, and smaller brews. Something about it wasn't heavy enough. It was like floating, oh, so it man. wasn't. It was like basically getting like stuck mash and like Stone was like, I don't understand how we're having a stuck mash with such a small mash like. So you never know. Things always. Yeah. We thought it was going to be a super easy brew, and it ended up. It's always a hurdle. <laughs> yes, it's, and that's the there's always a problem. Beauty yes. of brewing. Yeah, and for people in Pittsburgh, so a thirty barrel system would be like, that's a pretty. That's really big to do yeah, a home brew recipe yeah. on. That's like, I think Hitchhiker runs thirty on some of those. Yeah. Mostly sixty, and then full pint is sixty yeah. barrels. So it's half. You know, yeah, it's half of them, and they get distributed all over the city here, yeah so. right. and, and they i think they normally crank out 90s, the, uh, 90s okay, like so for their normal geez. brews so like they're, they're big this they're was small big. For oh them, yeah. yeah i wow. think they're the third biggest brewer in new yeah. jersey yeah. Uh, behind like cape may and, and maybe kane. kane or someone else i'm not by god it's kane <laughs> <laughs> so we were entering the lightning round we're gonna fire a bunch of questions at you guys uh we're just gonna try to get them answered as quickly as humanly possible and see what you guys come up with so Adam's going to go first. I'm going to go second. We're going to keep going until we're out of questions. You're out of brain cells. Are you ready? Yeah. Sure. Adam, go first. What is the best summer beer out right now? Oh, God. That's tough. It's the year of the lager. It is the year of the lager. <laughs> um, oh, best summer beer out. Honestly, I don't, I don't, we don't, I don't get around to drink that much beer right now. I'm brewing our own. This is lightning round. I know. It is. I'm <laughs> terrible. I always overthink anything. I'll just, a uh, Festina Peche. Okay. There you go. Good one. Good one. I don't have anything specific. Like I said, just anything lager or cream ale. Cool. Yeah. Wonderful. The Bash Brew Cream Ale. There yes. you go, I'll Bash Brew Cream Ale. CWO. <laughs> you can have beers with any one person, alive or dead. Oh, Who one. is it, and what beer would you like to drink with them? Anthony Bourdain. And we'd be drinking a Chang in Thailand eating spicy noodles on the street corner. I'm amazed how quickly that came out. So what is a, what is a Chang? <laughs> a Chang oh, is... Oh, oh. Is that, so, uh, so a Chang is, if you go to Thailand, that's like the beer you're basically going to drink. It's like a dollar. It's go. amazing. Yeah. Nice. So it's just like an easy drinking. It's their light. version of Icy Light. Yeah. Oh. It's like their local. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Just, just a follow up for the listeners. That's cool. And for me, because I, I, I was guessing that's what it was. But yeah. Yeah. Little easy drinking rice, rice lager. So awesome. Katrina. I don't. I don't have an answer. Sorry. You know? No. No. Well, I hate questions like that. I'm going to force you a drink with Vince McMahon. You're going to have aggressive IPAs. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Adam. Oh yeah, I'm supposed to do stuff. <laughs> uh, you take over a brewery and become the owner and head brewer. What do you usurp? What the heck? Who do you usurp? Who do you take over? Oh. Who do you? Coo? Yeah. Who are you taking? I didn't know that word, man. Welcome to my world. I'm in an eighth grade education. Yeah. Man. Who are you beating up and taking yeah, over? Yeah, so yeah, if you could take any brewery over as the owner and head brewer, who are you taking over? Oh, Dogfish. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, that's my, yeah. that was going to be my answer, but. Yeah, this is why we get along it'd be, so well. And yeah, it'd be, the, it'd be the king of uh, awesome off centered ales. And lagers now. So you. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have your tap room open. Someone comes in and says, I only drink Miller Lite. What beer that you make do you serve that person? Catch Wolf Cream Ale. <laughs> 
Yeah, couchable for email. Our nice. dog's on the our dog's on the label. <laughs> I think you could do this Mexican lager. That's true yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Adam. Just depending on what you have in Kansas. Yeah, whatever the light thing is that you're going to Last but not least. So you have to cancel something in craft beer that's going on right now. What is it? Lactose. Lactose. <laughs> <laughs> that was so easy for you guys to oh, answer. Yeah. Uh, is it just like the... It's <sighs> overdone. I also can taste it. I feel like maybe I'm just crazy. It's got a twang it's to it. It's got like a weird yeah. twangy to it, and I just don't enjoy it. Well, it's once you taste it and you can like pick it out I then taste you, you can't not taste, taste it, it. Yeah. yes and i think that's the problem yeah you know yeah. that doesn't mean i don't want to drink some of them but just not a whole pint of it adam what would you cancel if you had to real quick oh dude i didn't know you were gonna ask me uh, i figured i'd just puzzle you real quick come on it's supposed to be the lightning round <laughs> <laughs> i don't like it being flipped back at me i guess in a similar vein like gloopy sours gloopy fruit puree and a oh like smoothie sours yeah mm, yep Fuck yeah, <laughs> so we are going to move into a break for some ads. We have some wonderful sponsors, and they love us, and we love them because they support us. And when you support them, you support us. And we also have some friends on here, too, and their promos will be in the little break here. So check them out. Give them a follow, and we'll see you all on the other side. The Super Familiar with the Wilsons podcast. You know that family whose house you hung out in when you were a kid? The house was a little loud and chaotic, but always fun and sometimes felt more home than home. Well, that's us. We're the Wilsons, and we welcome you into our podcast with silly chat, ridiculous games, and interviews with interesting people. Like a spin doctor. The super familiar with the Wilsons podcast. Welcome home. Nice ink, Adam. Yeah, I got your name on my ass. (laughs) Uh... I was talking about your forearm, though. Oh, yeah. Well, I've been taking care of it. Yeah, it looks great, man. Uh, what, are you, what are you using? I'm using Lucky 13's Tattoo Cleanser and Healing Ointment. This ointment is incredibly fresh and invigorating. It effectively removes all surface oils and dirt while not dehydrating your new tattoo. Dude, I actually got some of Lucky 13's Tattoo Balm. It's all natural, not oily, and applies easily. The balm improved my color and definition, and the vibrance on this ink makes it look like it's brand new. Oh yeah, man. I found their products after taking their online quiz and it pointed me in the right direction. Hey, guess what? And right now, if you use our promo code MATA193529, you can save 25% on your entire order from their site. From the first line of your tattoo to the first year of your tattoo and beyond, Lucky 13 has you covered to keep that ink looking fresh. Welcome back. Hopefully you heard something that you like. Because again, when you support our sponsors, then you support us. And when you support us, we can do some pretty cool stuff. Like bring on fifth season brewing. <laughs> so it is round two and you have procured more delicious beers for us. So it's round two. You brought more beers. Put them together. <laughs> Call round two beers. <laughs> <laughs> it's really delayed. I'm proud of myself. Good job. Thanks for coming. I'm tired. <laughs> you did brew today. So it's. My hands hurt. <laughs> All those jalapenos. <laughs> my, f- my fingies hurt, oh, as my you fingies. like to say, Matt. Yeah, my fingies. So it is round two. Yeah, beers. What do we got? Um, so these are some New Jersey beers that we brought. Um, they are from Last Wave. Um, this is the brewery that I used to work for at New Jersey. Again, just tap room, not anything in the back of the house. Um, but they have um, they have been around for five years. I think they just celebrated their sixth year, actually. Um, they... Um, Started off like any other brewery, um, but they kind of fell into like a sour program, and they kind of got known for it. Cool. Um, 
Well, the brewery's in a beach town, so it's kind of uh, a beach yeah. resort Ooh, kind of town. So they have all like surfers. a yeah, all surfer guys, uh, very be- beach kind of surfy theme. Nice. So it's a really cool spot. Yeah. So cool. shout out to Nick and Bert. Um, so this is their deep dive. It is a sour saison that is aging in gin barrels. Nice. Oh, this sounds really good. Let's <laughs> get ripped. So, what was the name of the brewery again? Last Wave. Last Wave. So, I'll have to look those Your guys up. To share. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. I have not Ooh. had this version. There are different versions. So, you said that you were working, you were working tap room. Yes. At this place. Yes. You're gonna have to go get yourself one for yourself. Though. What are you talking about? I'm not splitting this now. <laughs> yeah. Well. So the description on the bottle says um, mitch, mixed culture saison, French saison yeast, lactobacillus, fermented in a gin barrel, and conditioned on New Jersey citrus blossoms. Then they did all different ones. Yeah, they did a bunch wow. of different versions of this, but it's basically a sour saison, which is an awesome. And I think it was a happy accident. I don't think they originally wanted it to get soured, but I think it did, and then they just kept rolling with it. Oh wow! Adapt and overcome. Wow! And then I think they kept pitching on the bomb. And I think they keep pitching on the same slurry. Yeah. Um. So they just keep doing different additions. It's a flavor bomb. It's wonderful. Every single thing you described is in this beer in different parts of the sip. Wow. That's really weird. I love that. Yeah. In the in the best way. Like it it compartmentalizes itself as as your palate takes it in. This yeah, is incredible. So it starts off like a crispy sour, and then you get into that those gin notes in the middle, and then it wow. ends very floral. Yeah. With those citrus blossoms, yeah. I'm guessing. You can find Absolutely. them on Instagram and Facebook. Hell yeah. Now they did a great job on this beer. And we're at New Jersey? What town? Point Pleasant. Point so Pleasant. So it's in um, Beach Town. Not on the boardwalk, a couple blocks off, which is nice, so it wasn't too, too crazy. Yeah. Wonderful. And I worked there. Um, I started in the pandemic, and I worked there until I left last year, uh, last couple months ago. Cool. Yeah, they do some great beers out there. I mean, they focus, oh, yeah. I think, uh, a lot on uh, West Coast IPAs. That's kind oh. of their thing. You know, a bunch of surfer guys are going to go. crank out those West Coast IPAs. But, Might go to New Jersey, buddy. But yeah, they do some oh, awesome. Definitely one worth checking out. Awesome loggers, too, right off the beach. You know, you come right off the beach all salty and sandy and grab some fish tacos and then hit, up, hit up the brewery sick. for some beer. Kids and dog friendly. Sweet. Well, nice. there you go, Yinzers and everybody else listening to us from across the nation. If you're hitting Point Pleasant, uh, New Jersey, for some beach time. Pick yeah. up some bottles Absolutely. or cans or whatever else they have. Or visit the tap room. And get a fish taco because I'm getting really hungry for fish yeah. Yeah, They've come up twice now yeah. on this podcast <laughs> and I'm dying for it's it. Getting that, it's getting to that season. It certainly is. It is also getting into the time here at this podcast where we have a roundtable discussion. It is not often that I get to have three skilled brewers in front of me. I get to pitch these ideas, questions, and comments to. So I want to see where you guys are when it comes to some of the the discussions in 2022 about how craft beer is moving. Kudos so, on your gapper of a segue right there, by the way. That was great. Thank you, sir. Yeah. So, 7.50, uh, Mr. Joshua Bernstein, he went through the idea of climate change ha- having hops and yeast going high-tech. So, IPA fans are seeking the next big, heavy tropical flavor, and John Haas has offered several concentrated liquid products, Incognito and Spectrum. New Zealand created Phantasm Powder from Savion Blanc grape skins, and there are many other examples of hop farms and yeast growers testing the limits of their imagination to combat the increasing cost and decreasing supply of uh, natural ingredients. So, this raises the question of new tech versus old ingredients. Do you feel that advancing tech will uh, have us leaving certain styles of beer behind? Mm, I don't think so. I think there's always going to be, 
a place for traditional styles. There's always going to be people that love the. Tra- I mean, look at the BJCP, which basically you know outlines the style guidelines. You're still going to have these competitions. You're still going to have these um, places and these people that love these traditional styles and. A lot of these tradi- the traditional side they're they're linked to cultures around the world, which is yeah. part of the reason. You know, I'm a former history teacher. Um, we love to travel. We go, you know, visit places. You're always going to drink that the local beer or the local drink wherever you go. That's kind of part of experiencing a place. So I think there's always going to be a place for those, but also in a competitive market as competitive the craft beer scene is, you're always going to have innovation move products forward and somebody try to come up with the next best thing i mean just look at hazy ipas that's what i was Um, gonna say i don't think you're gonna lose styles i think the styles can just get better i know with like the lupamax and there's now there's not even there's the um concentration i don't even there is hops anymore right like it's it's they're getting better yield right they're getting more product out so i don't know if you're gonna lose styles if not anything you might even get more styles or better styles that's cool or new styles yeah, yeah, or completely new. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think you're going to lose any styles just because new tech's coming in. Um, I think some just date themselves out. Mm-hmm. I think Necromancer has shown yes. they can come back. Yeah. Um, so you know, some of those styles. I mean, it was a lot of Depression era styles that they made due to necessity. So you know, that could all change, and, and you'll lose styles there. But I don't think it's from new tech. And I've had the uh, Incognito. And the Phantasm powder you've brought up, both great and both oh, yeah. just accentuate what IPAs are already doing. So yeah. it reduces cost too. Yeah. That's the other thing about it. Um, the tech, albeit expensive to, to to produce these products, is actually reducing the amount that brewers are paying out for those ingredients. And like you said, Katrina, it's, it's giving us a higher yield. So brewers are actually finding themselves with uh, with more product with a sharper taste and new flavor profiles to bring to people who may not have ever had craft beer before. So they might not even know the old styles, which is, again, where Necromancer comes in for us, all of us here, where we want (laughs) a smoky beer. And then they they hit us with it. So I think it's going to cause more diversity, I Mm -hmm. think, in brews. And it's going to have some of us, old heads, uh, yearning for yesteryear. And it's almost like classic Coke. Do you remember that? Yeah, it's like Coca-Cola and Coca-Cola Classic. I want the classic. Now you're going to go to Mexico for it. Yep. <laughs> well, it's also, you know, like retro so in too, right? So, yes. like, why can't retro beers be in? Well, right? that's, I mean, that's your marketing, right? Yeah. Like, so you're going to, like I said, like you mentioned Necromancer, right? You're going to bring back old styles, especially if they go stale, because now you're the only one making them. Right. And that gives you kind of that edge to get people into your tap room. So, like, the old styles, it, it's kind of almost good for breweries when they go away, because then somebody can be like, oh, boom, on it. Oh, what is it? Pre Boba lagers are like all the thing this, this summer. Oh, yeah. Right, everybody seems to be cranking those out. We just made one, um, so like that—that's one of those styles. I very rarely seen anybody uh, pump those out recently, and now they're everywhere. Yeah, I guess we could break the news here. Bash Brew is going all brewed IPAs for 2023. So, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> and that is Lady April Fool's joke. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to take a look at uh, what's in your beer. So Vonnie Hari, she's known as the food babe. She wrote an article. It's hidden ingredients. Is it the blueprint? So uh, Ms. Hari identified some of the best-selling commercial beers on the market and found that the main ingredients to keep the barrels of beer flowing with a high level of consistency are some things that we aren't used to hearing. Some of our favorites, including uh, Newcastle Brown Ale has caramel coloring. Corona Extra has GMO corn in uh, glycol. Miller Lite with GMO corn syrup. Michelob Ultra with GMO dextrose, Guinness with high fructose corn syrup and fish bladder, and Budweiser 
America's beer coming in with some uh, GMO rice. So while it's obvious that commercial beer is not hit as hard as craft, it does have the ability to punch out quantity. So with the use of GMO-based ingredients, additives, and other uh, post-production ingredients that affect presentation, uh, is commercial beer prepared to take over craft beer if the shortages of supplies continue to hit craft breweries and craft brewers? I don't think so. I think craft is still going to be craft. I think it still has that edge over commercial. I think you may see an increase of pricing, but I think it's not going anywhere. I mean, the, the reason that we have so much access to so many different ingredients right now is because of the big, the big beer companies. You know, there's something to say of the fact that they pump millions and millions of dollars into research and development on all these products. And, and it really is the macro beer scene that drives a lot of, you know, the craft beer scene getting the repercussions of all that money and research. And, and we reap the benefits of, of a lot of that. So uh, I don't think it's a bad thing I mean, because of those reasons. And, and you know what? At the end of the day, if we're all making better beer, you know, yeah. hell of it. It's awesome. Right. Cool. Yeah, they're going to lean on GMO and additives naturally just they have to make a lot of damn beer yes and it has to taste the same whether it's made in, in on the east coast or the west coast or a different country every they want every can you crack to taste the same and be like yeah that's Miller Lite. Yeah. so i think it's it, it's two different uh it's two different leagues of beer yeah um, it's not a bad thing and it's I not mean, a bad I, thing I, no I, and like, you know? yeah, to touch on like what Adam said is like, I, as much as everybody loves to shit all over the big guys, like I still find it absolutely amazing that Budweiser can produce, I don't know, billions, billions of barrels of Easily. beer yeah. across the world. And it doesn't matter if I am in Japan or Chicago or in New Jersey or wherever I am, that Budweiser tastes exactly the same. It's true. Gives yeah. me the same shits the next time. No matter where I drink it. <laughs> exactly. Listen, listen there's, a, there's a place in this world for fizzy yellow lager, and mm -hmm. I, I love it. I absolutely love them. And I was going to say, too, so further research here that I did on some GMO components, it's actually easier to manipulate and uh, and to use all parts of it. So that's why, uh, it, like you said, it's two different schools. It's quantity and there's quality. So the quantity side of it has to have consistency. Now, that doesn't mean that Quality side. Like quantity side. I apologize. So whenever you're having quantity, it has to uh, look the same. It has oh, to taste. I'll be the same. No, I need yeah. what you're saying. Sorry, I apologize. Shut up, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go back in my hole. No. So when you're when you're trying to do that, having GMO components is actually make it easier for you. And I also agree with what you said, uh, Mike. That you're gonna have. Uh, the GMO is going to drive micro because macro is doing the research with all the money and backing. So, you know, there is there are two lanes that you can be in and it doesn't mean that you can't cross over from time to time. I'll say it here. I've said it a million times. I love Topo Chico hard seltzers. I will drink them till I die. I'll I, you can take my craft beer card if you like to try. I will fight you. I'm not good at it, but I'll bite your nose off. Listen, I, I love Guinness. I don't think they use enough fish bladder. Yeah, more so, fish, more bladder. fish bladder. That's my yeah, more fish. I'm bladder. gonna have it with a fish taco. <laughs> so we're gonna move into the culture of uh, brewing and craft beer. So uh, Nick Hines of Vine Pair reached out to 14 different brewers across America to ask them what uh, what needed to be quote-unquote phase out of craft beer so i i took the uh the three most i think divisive uh, opinions here i want to see how you guys feel about this uh so damian brown from bronx brewery stated that he would like to get rid of collector item ipas uh beer shouldn't be taken so seriously people are beginning to tire of the pretentiousness what's your take on that 
I agree. I mean, craft beer is supposed to be fun. I mean, you're supposed to be drinking with your buddies. I mean, it's not supposed to be like stand in line for eight hours to go get some IPA. I mean, beer is good, but is it that good? I don't know. It's, it's not gold in it. Um, so yeah, it's supposed to be like more fun and hanging out with your buddies and maybe take it a step down. Yeah, I guess when it turns into work and you start having to pay mules to stand in line for you to get yes. the next release, it gets a little... Uh, Pretentious. Uh, yeah, pretend yeah, I guess so. But um, I guess when it comes to that kind of thing, I, I guess the one I, – I, I'm not a big fan of breweries kind of making releases and, and, and trying to, I guess, hitch on to nostalgia and, and all these other just pop culture references and things just to crank out like another hazy IPA. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm all about those types of themed beers. I think they're awesome. But not to crank out the next hazy IPA or whatever. Just, you know, if you're going to make a beer that's going to have a theme, really theme the beer. You connect to whoever you're, you're trying to connect to or whatever theme you're trying to hit. Put some more thought, more artistic inspiration into it. I mean, you're a craft brewery. That's what it's supposed to be all about. You know, so if you're making a, a tribute beer or whatever it might be, you know, make it about the person or whatever group you're making it about and, and, and cater to them. Don't just use it as another label slap on and sell another hazy. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't just replace your Columbus from the last batch with Simcoe this batch and slap a different label. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Lack yep. of creativity. Yeah. And call um, it, throw something on it. Yeah. I, I mean, as much as I love IPAs, I agree with this too. And I think uh, in the city of Pittsburgh here, I think the epidemic did a number on our can yeah. lines and our, our, our line boys, as we called them. Literally, there's the phrase, there's an app for that came out for yes. can boys yeah. waiting in line. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it. I mean, it's definitely still a thing across the nation. Uh, hey, but demand is good. Listen, yeah. if, if you're you're that good of a brewer and you have people willing to pay other people to stay in line for you, yeah, more power. You know, to what, you. Yeah, more power to you. But That's to awesome. Me, to me, I agree. It's get bigger and brew more beer. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not interested in it. Yeah. Uh, I'll come into your tap room after the can release is over and try nope. it on draft. And <laughs> yeah, or beg a buddy, or yeah. beg a buddy that uh, yeah. that paid yeah. and be like, hey, can I get a sip of that yeah. when you uh, crack That's it open? You just described Ab and I's relationship. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one here from Patrick Bar uh, Byrnes, Byrnes from uh, is what's that? Ismarada. Am I saying that right? Ismarada. Is it sounds like an island. I want to yeah. go there. Yeah. They probably have fish yeah. tacos. Ismarada right. is Beer Company. He said that uh, beer flights. Beer is meant to be drunk by the pint. A lot of flavors and aromas are lost in small tasting glasses. Patrick Burns, I want to buy you a fucking beer, man. <laughs> I agree. I think uh, I agree with that, but I also have a lot of experience in the breweries I'm going to. Yeah. So I think for tourists and people coming in from out of town and people getting into craft beer, flights are still an option. But you aren't getting – I agree you're not getting the same experience. You're not getting everything that beer could be drinking out of a five-ounce yeah. taster. Um, but if breweries want to do them and they're selling them and it's good for the brewery and it's good for their bottom line – do it i don't think it's yeah. annoying or anything um i just agree it's you don't hear that a lot and i i totally agree <laughs> with mr burns on this one hmm. so i'm very split on this um so the the brewery last wave that i was working at we did not do flights um and their mentality was behind that it is not the tasting experience that you're supposed to be having um beer tastes different from the first sip to the last sip and as it warms up it gets different profiles so they were very adamant about that so they like to steer away from the flights um i do agree in that mentality but also as a consumer if i'm going to a brewery for the first time like 
I want a flight. I want to try as many as I can. But I also, I'm probably a more educated consumer, so like I can understand that. So it's a battle that I have with lights. Yeah, if I take off my my brewer hat and put on my consumer hat, uh, like if I'm going there as a customer, I, I you know I I enjoy flights. I mean that's part of what got me into craft beer. Like yeah. I mean it, you know if you if you were in the craft beer scene ten years ago, like you went to a brewery, that's what you drank. You drank flights. You picked out. You tried to oh can I run through every beer on the on the list here and I want to try each one. And to be honest, I don't want a full pint of your you know your smoothie. <laughs> yeah, marshmallow cheesecake. Um, uh, you know, whatever else you were going to throw in there, you, you know, so, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want a full pint of that. I want to come in, you know, yes. Is that going to get me into the brewery? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You keep cranking those out. I want to try it, but, uh, but I don't want 16 ounces of it right. because I'll, right. I'll, I'll die um, <laughs> for lack of a better, <laughs> but yeah, I, I want to get a flight. I want to try one or two or your, you know, your 15% barrel aged, yeah. you know, whatever with all kinds of adjuncts. Yeah. I want, I want four to five ounces of that, but that's all that I can handle. And that's all that I want of that. And then I want to go drink your lager, um, you know, and so, but, so I want that option as a consumer. I don't want to be forced into buying a full pint of something because you know what? I'm not going to buy a full pint of those beers and those beers are what's going to, those special beers are going to be what gets me in your tap room. Yeah. So it's kind of a double-edged sword, I guess. I would say too, for, for me, I, um, I think I'm beyond uh, the normal consumer as well of craft beer. So when I go in, it's kind of in the same vein. But I take it a step further. So if I see they have like the crazy 15% barrel age, marshmallow, cheesecake, lactose, the fuck out, whatever, I'm going to get it in a flight. And if I like it, right. then yeah. I'm going to get a pint of it because mm -hmm. I'm a thick man and I like thick beers. Um, yes. Uh, but but I, I also agree with I don't ever want to have a lager in a taster glass because the lager gets more complex as the temperature rises. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to taste. The profiles. Is, is get it. your nose up in it. Yeah, exactly. So I can see the argument for both sides of it. I think they're a necessity. How do you guys feel about half pours then? I do like half pours. Um, I think it's a great in between, right? Yeah. So it's not, I'm not a full commitment. It's right in the middles. Like, but also like to go back to like any good brewery will let you taste anything. Right. Like I know they're like only three tastes per person. Like any good brewery, like they want you to taste things. They're not going to want you to order something they don't like in the same breath. Like. Is a sip of beer going to tell you what it's going to taste like? No, but yeah. you went. I kind of also mentioned like that flight. Like I do think flights are great for getting somebody in for a flight, and then what do you do after flight? You order your favorite one. Yep. So like it does force kind of a consumer to buy a second round. Yeah, it's yeah. all about whatever culture. Yeah, you know, feeling that brewery wants to create in the tap room yeah. too. Like, uh, yeah, and I I, th I agree. Like a taster's not going to let you know if you love that beer or not, but it probably will let you know if it's not for you. If right you're yeah. Yeah. So that, I think that's a good thing to do for your customers. After, after four ounces of a smoothie milkshake sour, I can tell you that I, I don't want any more of it. And I don't think your, I don't think your uh, palate's affected on those beers. It's only four <laughs> or five ounces. Those aren't changing much. Though. Yeah. So the last one here, uh, coming from John Mansfield from Warhorse Brewing Company, he said he would get rid of the Growler. It's inefficient, a poor serving vessel, and doesn't hold well. All hail the Crowler. I agree. I Ta agree. Taking these guys to a dinner together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they sound like three guys I would definitely love to talk more to. I, I got to agree, too. Um, growlers, yeah, Growlers, I, I don't, I've never 
worked in a brew space or in the front of house. Yeah, they're just, a bitch to fill. <laughs> it just it, it seems time consuming to fill. Yeah. It's a risk for the brewery to like they all have to you have to clean them. Like if you're the if you're the tap room, you got to clean that growler. You don't know what was in that before. Oh, you don't know what they cleaned it with. And that whatever they the customer did to it could reflect poorly on your beer you're Correct. putting into that vessel. And then they um, go on and tap yeah. and say, I don't like us. Right. <laughs> it doesn't star. it doesn't it doesn't hold carbonation yep. as well as a mm-hmm. as a crowler does and it leaves it open for oxidation more than a yeah. crowler does. So I I think just every plus except for if you can get me a sixty four ounce crowler that would be cool. That would be sick. Yeah. <laughs> but that steamer would be really expensive. For sure. So other than, other than just the pure volume of it, yeah. uh, everything goes to a crowler over yeah. a growler. And see, like, that goes against my argument. I don't really think I need 64 ounces of any certain beer. Again, if you're splitting it with somebody, yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. But, like, do I really need 64 ounces of the same know. beer in one yeah. sitting? 64 ounces of this, this sounds really dive, good right But in one yeah. sitting? Like, that's a lot of beer in one sitting. Oh, I'm staying. I'm Check sta- me out. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I definitely agree. Like, I don't think a growler is a great vessel for beer. You said it doesn't hold carbonation. I can tell you from the taproom side, they're a bitch to fill. you got to yeah. make sure that you do sanitize them. And, I mean, they're always glass, so they always are letting light in. And it just, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think they're they're kind of an obsolete vessel at this point. I yeah. think they're going the way of the wayside. I think aluminum and and, and crowlers. So those just... cool ones with the little tappy things are pretty cool. The U kegs. <laughs> yeah. I was just gonna ask you if, if you uh, if you would change your mind if it was always the U keg coming in. I, I've only had like a one. little bit of experience with them. I can tell you, filling them is nicer because they're a little bit of a wider head. Right. right. Um, and they're aluminum, right? So they aluminum. feel better, yeah, than the glass. Well, I feel the, like there's easier a, fill. There's a couple of them that are actually brass. They're super oh, okay. Or is that what they are? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then you could serve, and they write, they come with like a, a canister, and you can serve right out of them. So, like, I've never had like the serving side of it, but they seem maybe better. I don't know what kind of pressure they hold. I guess they hold more pressure because of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because you can screw a CO2 uh, canister on top of it. Right it yeah. yeah. You take it right out of your paintball takes, gun and put it into take, your beer correct. system. <laughs> takes Great. I love it. It takes care of the oxidation. But, like, brewer, breweries are not selling those, right? Like, no. you get those old school glass. Yeah. They're cool. They're cool. I like growlers because they're cool to display. Yeah. So you give like a hundred. They're great as a blow off tube uh, holder. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Exactly. They made a great centerpiece of the wedding centerpieces. That's what we used ours for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I think it is something that's going to the wayside here. I mean, there are some companies like the like the UK. They're trying to reinvigorate it, and it works to a certain degree. It's kind of like a novelty kind of thing. But I think the growler is definitely the way. Yeah. I mean, I have a really nice. Uh, it's made out of stainless, I think, uh, drink tank. I mean, yeah. they're expensive. But if I fill homebrew off of it off my system, it holds and keeps it cold for like eight hours or right, ten right. hours, like without refrigeration. Definitely. If you're going to drink it right away, right. then it's yeah. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, we've put, put our homebrew in stuff like that. Yeah. But. yeah, to take to a share, to take to, yeah. to a friend's house or whatever. Yeah, what do we have? Great, what do we buy? But, but the old school glass ones, yeah, I think are totally. They're really unreliable. Yeah. Oh, they're the hydro flasks. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Hydroflask. A little hydroflask. Yeah, we, we fill beer in yeah. hydroflask all the time. Yeah, same thing. But again, they're only good for like six to eight hours. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 yeah. So uh, we are into round three because someone told me mm-hmm. that there's a third beer that we are having, and Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a big bottle. It is, yeah. So while, while you're working on that, I'm going to say again, our guests, they are fifth season brewing. If you want to find them on all social media, it's at... 5th season brewing on all social media it's facebook and instagram there we go oh you talk about this one okay all right so 
Oh, there it is. Oh, right look at that. Oh, she's a All right, so this is uh, from a brewery that I used to work at. And, um, you know, and all same thing. All I did was uh, work in, you know, front of the house, um, you know, a uh, beer tender, as they like to call me. Um, so the brewery is called Source Brewing, and they're in Colts Neck, New Jersey. Um, very close to where Last Wave is, obviously, um, but completely different style of brewery. Um, they consider themselves a farmhouse brewery. It's in a old... Um, Basically, you know, they call beautiful New Jersey. Beautiful location. Yeah, beautiful location. Um, they built the brewery in a, um, uh, basically a, a farmhouse from a, uh, I think it was a dairy farm uh, from the 1890s. And they basically had the entire old building encased. So the, the brew space is absolutely incredible. It's state of the art. Tell us about um, the beer. Okay, so the beer... <laughs> is uh what is it cinnamon to i don't know i just cinnamon pulled some i'm not gonna brush. lie i just pulled the, what, what we had out of the fridge and yeah. was like this is gonna be good and cinnamon toast brunch it is an imperial milk stout conditioned on buckwheat oh gosh it's buckwheat bourbon barrel aged maple syrup cinnamon and bourbon vanilla beans. I want to say this was their one-year anniversary release. It looks like it. It is a fancy ball. Is this heaven or is it Matt's Instagram? <laughs> I love this. It's so good. <laughs> I'm trying to find Oh, the ABV is even smaller. Ten. Ten uh, percent. Yeah. Did you say it was Source Brewing? Source Brewing. Colts Neck, New Jersey. Mm. It's wow. Like, it's good. Oh, yeah. For as mint. Oh. It is sticky on my lips, though. I like it. Yeah, there's more in there. Yeah, there, yeah, thanks. I'm going to take some of that. I was going to say, so despite the fact that there's a lot of adjunct in it, this thing plays a lot lighter than 10%, has a lot of flavor profiling to it, and I really love the, the syrupy, mapley cinnamon. That's yeah. that's really good. Oof. This, this year is, is probably, what, close to two years old at this yeah, point? So this it's definitely been aging that might have something to do with it too so it definitely aged yeah. very well yeah oh, you brought some nice aged beer you guys yeah. are so sweet well cheer, cheers to yeah. you guys yeah. thank you so much really appreciate it yeah if uh yeah if you had a magic wand mat and we're like you can just poof a bottle into existence it would be pretty close to yeah this, this so. yeah right yeah this is your style all the wow way. yeah this is me this is me a thousand percent yeah we tried to bring you guys a nice plethora of uh some cool styles that yeah. we had sitting around delivery so. Uh, I think I found someone for the front runner for best beers and show when they on the, on the show. Maybe not best guest, but best beer. I don't know. Best guest, you might take it as well. Again, the war wages all. It's all up to the listeners. So we are in. Download, download, download. <laughs> 69, 69, 69. <laughs> so we're in round three. And. Uh, Thank you again to Twitter for 1,000 followers. Uh, so because of that, I went out there and I said, hey, listen, I have great brewers coming on. So I want to know what do you all as consumers of craft beer want to ask brewers? Things that you just thought about that you never thought you could ask somebody, but you could do it right now. And the Twitterverse is not short of questions for y'all. So number one, what is your quote unquote secret when it comes to brewing? Oh, oh so, us? Yes. <laughs> Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Keep yeah. it simple, stupid. That's what I say, especially if you want to get into brewing beer. Um, you know, I see a lot of home brewers start out brewing, you know, trying to get, you know, I get the artistic part of it and you want to be as creative as possible and you want to brew your first beer and you have all these great ideas and you yeah. want to put 10 million things into a beer. Mm -mm. No, find yourself a nice base style that you want to work with, perfect that, and then start, then start doing your experiments and your adjuncts and your, all your other things. That's probably a good piece of advice. I don't know. What do you think about that, Adam? I like that. I like all that advice. Yeah. Yeah. 
Trina, what do you got? I was going to say, like, I got very lucky because I learned to brew with someone who was brewing for a long time. So, like, I didn't make any too major, too, too many major disasters. <laughs> so, like, yeah, definitely, like, learn your process. Um, understand what you're doing so that way when it goes wrong, you know why it went wrong and okay. not just. I mean, that takes time. You know, brewing. Yeah. I feel like brewing is like baking. Right. Like you can equate it. it, You know, a lot of people say it's like cooking, but it's really not. It's more like baking where things have to be precise. And, you know, anybody can take and bake something good. Right. You you go to the store, you buy a box and you follow the directions and you can produce something good. And you can do that in home brewing. Like you can go buy a recipe online and go follow the directions and make a decent beer. But it's why understanding why you're doing those things that you're doing. Um, is the difference between, you know, uh, somebody that bakes at home and somebody that owns a bakery and is like a master, you know, that are on all those awesome TV shows that make me hungry. Um, and that's the difference in, it's the same thing in brewing. You know, once you, you know, you can, like I said, you could print out some directions and brew some decent beer, but getting to the root of why you're doing the things you're doing and the steps you're doing is going to really let you be as creative as possible and make the best beer as possible. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, huh? This is coming to me too. Yeah. All mm. right. I'm going to sound like the old curmudgeon of the group, right? Of course. Now. Um, That's why so I let you go last. I'm not going to talk about like getting your wart to be the most efficient it can be or anything, but maybe the most efficient use of your time. And for me, it's think about what's coming next and like start on that while other things are going on. And the best way to be able to do that, I hate to say, is spend more money. Don't well, <laughs> <laughs> that always helps. But don't drink during your brew day. No <laughs> drinking on brew day. Yeah. 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 But, if but, but there's, there's, I mean, there's two sides of that sword. If you want it to be a quick brew day, don't drink during the brew True. day. But drink if you want after. it to be fun with your friends and you got help in the in the room. Have a couple. If I think you it want. depends on what be brew day. Safe, you want. Yeah, it yeah. depends on the brew day. That's the I don't care batch. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the one you just invite everybody over. Not a competition yeah. beer. So hey, we're going to competition beers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, throw the rest of that in there. Who cares? Yeah. So to summarize it up, Ooh, I think. Then I have a second one. Okay. I have a second oh. one. It's a shameless self-promotion for everybody in this room. Go join your local yes. brew club yes. Yes. and get feedback on your beer. Yeah. Um, so, well, it's it, a, yeah. Around this area, Trash, Troob, Ways, if you're in Westmoreland County. Bash, the less popular bash in the area, if you're in Butler <laughs> County. Um, but there's also other really small ones that, like, aren't even advertised. Like, for example, like, Mondays, Mondays has one, Washington and there's another yeah. There's another small one in Washington. So, like, just reach out to your community. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and everybody's so nice all the time. I mean, we, we, you know, we showed up here in January, or I showed up here in January in Pittsburgh. Like, we're pretty new to the area, and everybody was so welcoming. I mean, Adam kind of ignored me and pretended he didn't <laughs> know me at the first meeting. <laughs> When I walked in, but, I mean, but after dude. that. Which one's Adam? Crickets, crickets. Yeah, I'm like, is dude, Adam dude, here? Dude, I'm looking dude, for Adam. Dude brought a red ale and already had a red ale. I was like, we don't need any more red ales in this meeting. Yeah. I did. I just didn't hear him. <laughs> it was very awkward. He, he, he and I was like, oh, did you say Adam? That's me. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, and then I was like, oh, and I got like disappointed. <laughs> to, to his defense, he's been sticking death metal in his ear since he was a baby. I, when I, when, <laughs> he, I when he finally fessed up to who he was, I, guess I was like, oh, I thought you'd be taller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so to summarize it up. You're not the like, only person that wishes <laughs> I was bigger. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Episode 69, baby. So overrated. Well, I'm here. Can't get this taste say. out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Matt's trying to move on. <laughs> so anyway, time, effort, skill, prediction. 
just knowing your craft, that's the secret. There's no shortcuts. It's no. it's learning the craft. There, there, spend, spend more money is your shortcut. Yeah. That's what yeah. homebrewers... But not even. I wouldn't agree with that. No, I mean, that's what homebrewers spend money... You basically spend money as a homebrewer on convenience. Yeah. That, that's really what you're spending money on, is is how short do you want to make your brew... How much shorter do you want to make your brew day? How much easier do you want to make it to move your product from one spot to another? Those types of things. Because when you start out and you buy those buckets in the cheapest brew system possible, everything is mad. Manual. And, uh, you know, you're you're lifting everything and you're doing everything by hand. But the more money you spend, the more automated your system becomes. Yeah. Doesn't make and better. It doesn't mean that it's going to be better. It's yeah. just you're spending money on convenience and ease. Yeah. yeah. There ain't you know? no shortcuts. I mean, I mean ain't God. no shortcuts. We're, we're, we're <laughs> like <Sorry>, 69. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We're, we're what? Like three, 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 four hundred dollars deep into tilt hydrometers because oh, all yeah. we have to do is just drop them in and it gives you the reading. Jesus. You know, you don't have to pull a sample out. So. Question number two. Finally. If I am a commercial beer drinker and I go to a brewery that is heavy with IPAs, and if you listen to our last episode, you should know that these taps are 40% at most or least, probably more, with IPAs. What should I look for to ease into my time drinking at this particular establishment? What kind of style or what kind of ABV on that uh, IPA or whatever you think it might be would help me, someone who's like a Miller Lite drinker, ease into drinking at your establishment? Well, I think the first thing to understand about a heavy IPA list is to understand the different IPAs. Um, most people don't necessarily know that there are two to three different types of IPAs, right? Yeah. So you have your New England, what we call NEPAs. Found out recently that people don't know what a NEPA is. Welcome to New Jersey. We call them NEPAs or New England IPAs, right? They're going to be your juice hazies. bombs. Your hazies, yeah. right? They're going to be your juice bombs, your super citrusy. So like maybe they're maybe they're on the lighter side. Or, you know, your traditional American, that's going to be like your 60-minute dogfish. Or you're going to go West Coast, right? And, they all, and they're going to be your bitter resin. So they're all going to be very different. So, like, when you look at these menus, and they may have eight different IPAs, but look a little deeper. They may be different. Sounds like you should order a flight to see what you like better. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, so, yeah. Mic drop on that. I don't, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, like... Just because there's heavy IPAs, there's probably something else there, yeah, too. Yeah, of course. Try a sample of something else. If they have – it's season of the lager around here. Yeah. It certainly is. Get some lagers. That's probably closest to your, quote, unquote, commercial, uh, you know, highly produced beer that you can find everywhere. Try try a craft lager in your town. Yeah. Yeah, the first thing you go to a brewery and do is order their Pilsner. Yeah. yeah. Lager. Lightest style. Baseline. That is the baseline. Let that you is know the, what's up. Yeah. Yeah. I did that in an interview, interview, and they were very impressed. So Nice. There you go. Pro tip number three, order <laughs> the Pilsner. So what ingredient gives you guys the biggest headache to use? Oh, to use. Hmm. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, probably a new one. Because you don't yeah. know what you're gonna, you don't know where you're gonna get out of it. Um, I mean, you can you can gunk up your system with uh, with uh, a lot of purees and things like that. You know, that's what you're always trying to avoid because it's just going to make you have to take everything apart and clean everything. So it really comes down to the dirtier, the chunkier, or whatever it may be. Ingredient is is just a pain in the ass because you're going to end up having to clean and soak and do you know way more cleaning on it than you would. That's why brewing lighter styles is awesome. Wonderful. Also, with home brewing, you've always noticed too. Whatever they tell you, you go out and look online. Like, it's maybe, like, using jalapenos, right? You, eh, I don't really know what to use. You go online and they say use X. Well, you really should do 2X. Double it. Because a lot of times it's never going to be enough flavor for you. Yeah. 
That's true. That's what we found out. Yeah, with recipes. If you're researching recipes online, I mean, I have always building a recipe. You, you, whatever you find online, I generally doubled it because yeah. whatever you find online isn't enough of what I want. Right. Okay. Adam, with that, um, I kind of echo what they're saying. The, the biggest ingredient that gives me a headache is jalapenos. Because it hurts when you pee. It hurts my hands. <laughs> my fingers. Yeah. Um, no, it's whatever's new. It's just, you know, a new adjunct is the biggest headache every time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But once you brew a couple of beers with it, you you get your levels right. Yeah. So yeah. It's a little bit of a cop out. There's not one specific adjunct that's worse than any other. It's just when it's new. I mean anything with an oil. Yeah. That's definitely gonna yeah. hurt you the most. Yeah. 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 But yeah, something new is hard to get. That you gotta find that balance. Right, yeah. And that's the hardest thing. So that first time you're using it, you're like, Oh, you're almost kinda playing guesswork. That's where you go online, you look up like ten different recipes and you're seeing like, All right, well where's the mo what's the, what recipes telling me the most they make, what's telling me the least? Let me try to find a spot somewhere in the middle, maybe right, that'll right. that'll be good and if I have to add something more, I I can go ahead and do that if it's not what I want. But yeah. yeah. So we are shifting into the end of the show. It has been an absolute pleasure to have Fifth Season Brewing here on Decaying with the Boys here in the Judgatorium. Uh, the beers have been delicious. The company has been great. And the advice has been spectacular. Thank you. So before we close out, we have to know what's on tap and where can you find us? And we're going to start off here with Fifth Season Brewing. So again, tell everybody where they can find you on your social media. And also, are there any festivals, competitions, or collaborations that are coming up anytime soon? Katrina, take it away. Um, all right. So like I said, our main social is going to be our Instagram for the season. That is 5TH. There is a Facebook out there. There's not much on there. Don't give us too much crap about that. Um, what's on tap now? Go ahead, Mike. Oh, so right now on tap, we had this, uh, you know, the Baja bound uh, Mexican lager. Uh, we have on tap at the house a, um, a table beer that we brewed, 3%. It's like a, so kind of started out this new little, uh, I guess we, I'm calling it a or we're calling it a, uh, I guess a farm, just just kind of a farmhouse table beer kind of little series of beers that we're doing. So we did a basic table beer to start off with a bunch of wheat and rye in it. And then the next version of that, we threw a bunch of blueberries in it. So we're just going to kind of continue that. I think we're going to do a strawberry one real soon. And just kind of whatever seasonal. And we're using Kvike in it and just kind of throwing it together and, and throwing a bunch of fruit puree in there, whatever's going to be around at the time, and just letting it roll and see what happens. So those are the three beers we have on tap right awesome. now. And then coming up for us is going to be, we're going to be serving at HomebrewCon. Um, that is Friday the 24th. We'll be at Club Night. Yeah, we are brewing the watermelon sour for that one. Wonderful. So that, that uh, yeah. salted watermelon uh, I'm hibiscus sour. I'm going to slide you 20 bucks if I can have. Some. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mean donate 20 Oh, there's more of that coming. Oh, and I then can't wait. we're also all the free stickers you can hand. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we're also going to do be at the Whiskey Rebellion Festival in Washington. That's going to be Saturday, July 9th. We are going to be brewing a Prohibition Lager. So yeah. come on out for that one. That's going to be uh, coconut and uh, rum-soaked oak chips are going into that mm -hmm. one. That we're going to be outside amazing. Washington, yeah, outside Washington Brewery with a couple other home brewers uh, serving all of our different versions of pre-Prohibition Lager with a different spirit in it everybody's kind of doing that creatively on their own um you know the coconut and rum soaked oak chips is kind of our our gonna our take on the pre-prohibition lager for that awesome and then we're going to be at the homebrew invitation by brewers in pa that's going to be held at hot farm i believe we will be serving alongside with brew bash there we are that's saturday at uh, july 16th uh watermelon sour is going to be there too and we are doing a japanese rice lager for that hey you have a mission when you're there Get me beer. Oh, maybe don't <laughs> go to the, maybe don't go to the beach, asshole. 
Oh, oh you're yeah. missing that North one? North Carolina! Nice! <laughs> yes. Loser. <laughs> oh, missing it. Uh, we'll also be at Barrel and Flow. We're not really sure at what capacity yet. That's August 13th. Um, we will definitely either be at the Trash Table, the Homebrew Club, or we are looking into potentially having a collab there as well. Um, then we're going to be at the North Hills Homebrew again. That's August 27th. Um, we don't know what we're serving sure. or anything there. I'm Wonderful. sure. I'm sure Adam will be there at both of those as well. Yep. And then lastly, yep. also Bash Brew will be there. We'll be uh, brewing up a cure. Um, it's yep. October 8th. <laughs> that will be something very fall seasonal. Nice. So we're looking at maybe a apple cider donut uh, kind of beer and probably something else. Maybe like just a harvest kind of lager. Maybe, maybe don't go see the leaves change that month, Matt, and I come won't. on out. I won't be a leafer. A leafer. <laughs> you missed the last uh, one. Right? Am I saying that right? Yeah, leafers. leafers well, yeah. I mean, they don't come to New Jersey for they that. That's not the like, Jersey thing. <laughs> I was thinking, I'm you guys are close enough to New Jersey. Massachusetts <laughs> for that, or New York, or the somewhere Poconos, else. Yeah. Oh, massive huge tits. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, Adam, what is on tap, and where can you find us? Boy, on tap right now, we got a little bit of the thick flare, uh, the Woo! big starburst. IPA, it's um, it's delicious. It was it's, delicious. It's I think kind I of a dead style. Of it. It's kind of a dead style. I brought back. It's a milkshake IPA. So <laughs> uh, we also have the kicking kitty mocha porter on still, and a little bit of the cream ale pouring out of the taps. But we also have that in a tank right now. Uh, so actually, by the time you're listening to this, it'll be transferred into a keg, hopefully. Um, so yeah, the cream ale is coming to you all summer long. Hit me up if you want any bottles. For the donations to the Ukraine that we talked about on previous episodes and we'll reiterate in future episodes. Which is um, absolutely fantastic, yeah. by the way. And then I'm at almost every event that Katrina just ran down for us. Uh, aside from that uh, pre-prohibition Whiskey Rebellion Fest in Washington. That sounds awesome, but... All I had ready to bring to that was a pink Starburst milkshake <laughs> IPA, so it didn't really fit the theme. Adam's going to come drink. Yeah. He's like, he's going to dress up as a red coat yeah. and show up. <laughs> we'll, we'll be at every single one. Um, yeah, Homebrew Con at the club night. Oh. We will be serving the Thick Flare uh, pink Starburst milkshake IPA along with our cream ale. Um, and then for brew the Breweries and PA Home Invitational that we just talked about, we will have the cream ale and what did I just brew today? Pineapple Jalapeno Double Hazy so IPA. excited Double for secret that. triple agent. Yeah, uh, it's the double secret agent. Yeah. <laughs> or retire, so retired double it's agent. Yeah. Jeez. It's all right. So that's all. If you want to know what's going on, Fifth Season Brewing is at Fifth. That's 5th Season Brewing on Instagram and Facebook. If you want to know what's going with Adam down here in the brew lab, it's at Bash underscore Brewing. All social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Do not forget to follow him on tap. And if you want to hear Adam's smooth, sultry voice, he actually just featured on the newest Hop Nation episode talking about home brew con. If you want to know what's going with the boys down here in Joe Torian, we are at KNWTB on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Do not forget to send in your questions, comments, and whatevs to KNWTB at gmail.com. We just updated our Redbubble where we have new merch where it cuts deeper. Avocado Crypto and Hello, My Name is Chavez shirts are available right now, and dad hats are always $19.52. So, from where we are here in the lovely Joe Torian. Yeah, a real quick message, real quick. Yeah. I just want to say happy Father's Day to all the guys that were dumping clips or had weak pullout game. It's your day today on episode 69. It is. Happy Daddy oh. Day. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. I have no kids. My game's been great. Yeah, dude, it's just this guy for, uh, for this group it's here. It's just but. me. Until next time. Cheers. 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 Baby batter. <laughs> Jeez, baby batter.